welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your brothers and sisters in spirit. And let us all make every effort to express those qualities as often as possible until the illumining light of our mighty I Am Presence expands and radiates so brightly that the love of the spirit of the living God within us reaches others all over the world, no matter how near or far, thereby doing our parts to raise the vibration of all mankind and our Mother Earth. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. I feel very great joy in the possibilities before you and your students. I trust they can find within themselves the strength and steadfast determination to hold fast to the outer and inner work that is being done for them, with a joyous feeling of sureness of the limitless powers which true freedom brings. I have from time to time endeavored to give a word of encouragement, and through that, enfold them in the radiation of strength which is fearless and dauntless in the light. The loving, joyous stillness in the attitude of the students is wonderfully encouraging, for the expectant attitude is the right attitude to be maintained. I would suggest that those who have been having unpleasant experiences would consciously withdraw from those conditions all power they have been giving them, mostly unknowingly. When it is necessary to discuss some condition to understand it, immediately follow by withdrawing any power that has been given it, and then know, I am the harmonious presence, ever pervading whatever the condition may be. As I have intimated before, and it has only partially reached through, I will repeat it again, Anyone, especially the student, who has experienced inharmony or limitation in his mind, home, or world, can, with persistent, tensionless effort, by holding with determination to the following statement, keep his home clear of anything undesirable. I am the governing presence, governing in perfect divine order, commanding harmony, happiness, and the presence of God's opulence in my mind, my home, and my world. When I say, I am the governing presence, I am fully, consciously aware that I have set in motion the full power and intelligence of God producing the desired conditions, and that they are thus self-sustained. It seems to me that it has not been clearly understood that when you use the expression, I am the presence in my mind, home, and world, you are not only commanding the conquering presence of this activity through your own consciousness, but you are calling forth the assistance of the I am, or God presence, into your home and world, of whomever contacts it. This is so vital for the student to understand. Do not be discouraged if you do not see immediate manifestation of this harmony which you desire but go right on feeling the conquering I am presence. Do you not see that in this consciousness, there is no other presence to act except what you are conscious of? All other activity of the outer which is undesirable is but a distorted activity in use of this mighty energy. Therefore, when you say, I am the conquering presence, I command this I am presence to govern perfectly my mind, home, affairs and world, you have sent forth the greatest decree possible to be given, and you have but to feel the sustaining power of this in the face of every appearance, until you find perfection manifest in your mind, home, and world. 
I wish the students would read this particular part every day to keep before them the mighty truth underlying these statements. Now we come to a vital point, and that is the personal ray or ray sent forth by Jesus direct. Many will ask, why especially Jesus? I answer, because humanity has been taught to look to the presence of Jesus the Christ, few having any knowledge at all of the ascended host of the great masters of the great white brotherhood who wield limitless power to assist mankind. Those who can put aside any thought of other personalities and with open arms, mentally speaking, welcome these rays into each one's mind, home and world, will find almost anything possible. I assure all of you that the idea of these personal rays of Jesus the Christ is no imaginary thing, and you, our beloved messenger, have the personal thanks of Jesus the Christ for your fearless stand and use of the ascended Jesus Christ presence. As the messenger gives forth riches of wisdom and truth, so should students, in their loving sincerity to the teacher, through the I am presence, work for the health and prosperity of the messengers. This would open doors to the students not otherwise possible. Beloved Saint Germain Isis Unveiled, Chapter 14 If Nakhon what is essentially a Buddhist temple, how comes it to have on its walls basso relievos of completely an Assyrian character, and Kabirian gods which, though universally worshipped as the most ancient of the Asiatic mystery gods, had already been abandoned 200 years BC, and the Samothracian mysteries themselves completely altered. Whence the popular tradition concerning the Prince of Roma among the Cambodians, a personage mentioned by all the native historians, who attribute to him the foundation of the temple. Is it not barely possible that even the Ramayana itself, the famous epic poem, is but the original of Homer's Iliad, as it was suggested some years ago? The beautiful Paris, carrying off Helen, looks very much like Ravana, king of the giants, eloping with Sita, Rama's wife? The Trojan War is a counterpart of the Ramayana War, moreover, Herodotus assures us that the Trojan heroes and gods stayed in Greece only from the days of the Iliad. In such a case even Hanuma, the monkey god, would be but Vulcan in disguise, the more so that the Cambodian tradition makes the founder of Angkor come from Roma, which they place at the western end of the world, and that the Hindu Roma also apportions the west to the descendants of Hanuma. Hypothetical as the suggestion may now seem, it is worthy of consideration, if even for the sake of being refuted. The Abbe Jacknet, a Catholic missionary in Cochin China, ever ready to connect the least glimmer of historical light with that of Christian revelation, writes, whether we consider the commercial relations of the Jews, when, in the height of their power, the combined fleets of Hiram and Solomon went to seek the treasures of Ophir, or whether we come lower down, to the dispersion of the ten tribes who, instead of returning from captivity, set out from the banks of the Euphrates, and reached the shores of the ocean, the shining of the light of revelation in the far east is not the less incontestable. It looks certainly incontestable enough if we reverse the position and admit that all the light that ever shone on the Israelites came to them from this far east, passing first through the Chaldeans and Egyptians. H.P. Blavatsky The first thing to settle, is to find out who were the Israelites themselves, and that is the most vital question. Many historians seem to claim, with good reason, that the Jews were similar or identical with the ancient Phoenicians, but the Phoenicians were beyond any doubt an Ethiopian race, moreover, the present race of Punjab are hybridized with the Asiatic Ethiopians. 
Herodotus traces the Hebrews to the Persian Gulf, and south of that place were the Himyarites, the Arabians, beyond, the early Chaldeans and Susanians, the great builders. This seems to establish pretty well their Ethiopian affinity. Megasthenes says that the Jews were an Indian sect called Kalani, and their theology resembled that of the Indians. Other authors also suspect that the colonized Jews or the Judeans were the Yadis from Afghanistan, the old India. Eusebius tells us that the Ethiopians came from the river Indus and settled near Egypt. More research may show that the Tamil Hindus, who are accused by the missionaries of worshipping the devil, Cuddy Satan, only honor, after all, Seth or Satan, worshipped by the biblical Hittites. But if the Jews were, and the twilight of history, the Phoenicians, the latter may be traced themselves to the nations who use the old Sanskrit language. Carthage was a Phoenician city, hence its name, for Tyre was equally Cartha. In the Bible the words Kir, Kerjath are frequently found. Their tutelar god was styled Melkartha, Mel, Baal, or tutelar lord of the city. In Sanskrit a city or communal was a cull and its lord was Harry. Hercules is therefore the translation of Melkarth and Sanskrit in origin. Moreover, all the Cyclopean races were Phoenicians. In the Odyssey the Cuclopes, Cyclops, are the Libyan shepherds, and Herodotus describes them as miners and great builders. They are the ancient titans or giants, who in Hesiod forge bolts for Zeus. They are the biblical Zamzamim from the land of the giants, the Anakim. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 Now, beloved ones, the mankind's discord in this world was never originally designed, never God created, never was and never will be part of the original divine plan. It doesn't have to be in existence now. You don't have to put up with it. If you want to fill yourselves and the world around you with my Herculean love of the sacred fire's indestructible purity, the sacred fire's indestructible victory and mastery over all creation, my sacred fire all-protecting perfection of existence, I can flash that flame, and all mankind put together can't put it out. Applause. Thank you so much. All mankind's discord put together can't put me out of this world, and my retreat is within the United States of America. There is a flame there that all mankind on earth can never change or interfere with. That is part of the protection of your nation, and your nation is the protection of the heart of the world. There is only one protection of eternity, and it is the great central sun sacred fire love protecting perfection of eternity, forever expanding. So, if we may experiment with you, not that we doubt the results, not at all, we know what we can do. We know what our sacred fire love can do. We know what power we can release, and we know what mankind has to bow to when we care to use the Herculean sacred fire power of the seven mighty Elohim of creation. All mankind put together aren't masters over that. This world has to be purified and reordered in order to survive. Destructive forces won't save this nation or this world, and destructive forces won't save you, and they won't solve your problems. They won't take you out of the clutches of the beast, and they won't take the beast out of the world. But by God we will, if you will call. Applause. By the God flame of the universe, the great central sun heart flame, by the God flame of the seven mighty Elohim of creation and the forehead of every life stream on this earth. We can expand that sacred fire to consume everything of discord mankind has created, 
and this must come if your nation is to survive, and peace be established in the world for the ascension of all. The destructive forces of mankind won't give anyone the ascension, and there is no freedom from the world of imperfection and limitation until you gain the ascension. And the only thing in the universe that can give you the ascension is the sacred fire love in your own heart flame, the sacred fire love of the seven mighty Elohim in your brain structure, the sacred fire love of your mighty I am presence and the great central sun and the ascended master's octave of light. I'm determined, with your cooperation, to bring the cosmic illumination, and I mean Herculean illumination of the fiery Christ truth of what the sacred fire love of the seven mighty Elohim has done for mankind all down through the centuries, and which must come into outer world action if mankind's destruction is to cease, and I assure you, it is to cease, no matter whose it is. Applause. Thank you so much. Beloved Elohim Hercules. Now, blessed ones, if you'll remember me as the power, the sacred fire power and electronic force of the sacred fire love of the seven mighty Elohim and the great central sun, and as your guarding presence of your intellect, the guarding presence of your physical structure of the brain, our love, sacred fire love, is the guarding presence of your own heart's flame within your physical flesh body. Now, just because the medical world can't dig out our flame and put it in a laboratory somewhere, doesn't mean we are not in existence. Somebody is going to learn something besides what the physical sight at the present time can behold, and I want you to use this for the sake of proving to yourself that there is a flame in your heart. You know there's life in your heart that beats it, but you don't know that that flame is there until you see it. And I hope every one of you has the same experience this messenger had when she saw that flame come forth at least a foot in extent, six to eight inches wide, and it was there for 20 minutes to half an hour on a streetcar in broad daylight when she was thoroughly awake. I want you to have that, because you won't know completely what it is till you see it and have it within yourself, and you watch it expand. Then you know what you are. You are that. I want you to have that experience, because it's harmonious. It is constructive. It is illumining. It is victorious. It is the perfection of life, and every human being in existence can have it. And I want you to see the sevenfold flame of the seven mighty Elohim in your own brain structure as well. The day you realize that the inner activities of your life are the sacred fire love and purity of eternity, and are indestructible, you won't fear anything in this world. You will know you are that, and that's the master presence of all creation. Beloved Elohim Hercules. <laughs>